Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. Come on. It's lively. It's lively at the 11 a.m. I love that. Well, happy decade. I mean, come on, somebody. It's super exciting. You know, this, this is something I have to share with you is the last two years, I've lost my voice on the first Sunday or before the first Sunday of the year. And I just want to share that I'm losing my voice again, so I'm just keeping the tradition alive. I'm just keeping it alive out there. I don't, dang devil try to hold me back every year and I just curse him right now. So anyway, if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 5. I went to Starbucks, get a little hot tea, loved them, told them about Jesus, and then came right back. So um, anyway, we're, we're going to have a good time this morning as we just dive into this new series called Amazing Grace. And how many of you know that a new decade is a year of grace? It's a year that God wants to just you know, gift us with amazing things and, and, and just remind us of how amazing uh, Father he is, how much he loves us. And he's going to shower us with abundant grace this year. And I'm just praying that this morning as we read Romans 5, that we're going to be able to understand Paul's writing in this letter and about this grace that we are to receive. Now, before we get into this, I, I want to share a couple of things in the season that we're in. We're in a season of fasting and prayer. And I know a lot of you love this season of, of not eating food, you know, for the week and, and just, uh, you know, doing without. And, and really our prayer and our hope and our goal is that we would start feeding our souls and not feed our stomachs that this week and that we could deny any temptation of our flesh. And so some of you can't do food. Maybe you're doing social media or you're doing some other fast that, that um, something that gratifies your pleasure sensors. Uh, get rid of that uh, this week and start gratifying your soul with, with the Lord by spending time with him in prayer and intentionality and we're trying to make that helpful for you by giving away this uh, Devo. We have devotionals on your way out. You can grab those. You can, if you use the YouVersion Bible app, our Devo is on there. Uh, Amazing Grace is on there. And so it'll walk you through that. And, and there's lots of tools, lots of resources. Our Movement of Churches Every Nation has uh, written three songs and recorded them. They're on YouTube. We'll share those this week. And just really trying to get in God's presence and focus us on this intentionality as we're partnering not just with the 250 people at Luminous, but, but with the tens of thousands of people across the globe in this movement who are fasting and prayer, praying. And, and, and not every nation is not the only network of churches that is fasting and praying this week. There's many churches doing that. And we're doing a citywide prayer night on Thursday night at North Rock. And so we want to invite you to come pray and worship at 7 o'clock. Um, I, I believe 6 o'clock is when it starts. And so come show up with that citywide. And we encourage you, invite you into that space and as well as Friday night at 7 p.m. and this is a long announcement for all you people um, we're going to get to the word I promise but at 7 p.m. Friday night we're going to be up here and we're going to worship and we're going to pray in this place with our family and we're just going to believe God for for the best and so um, and not only that is everybody say 6 a.m. I was well done well done give yourself a hand 
There's a lot of power in this room this morning. Um, uh, at 6 a.m. Every, every morning this week, Monday through Friday, we're going to have a prayer, um, prayer intercessory call that you can dial into, and you can dial this number, and you can join us in prayer, and this is a time for us just to um, hear God's heart as you hear other people pray. You begin to hear God's heart, and it begins to build your faith. That's what fasting does. It, it, it increases your faith. To begin to see Jesus more clearly in our lives. That's what we want, isn't it? And that's why we're here this morning. And so um, let's pray before we get started. Father, we love you. God, already, Lord, we just um, we, we, we begin this fast tonight at sundown. We're asking, Holy Spirit, that you would just bless this week. Father God, a lot of us have lists, maybe a lot of supplications, a lot of petitions that we want to bring to you this week. But, Lord, I pray, God, not only would we bring those, but would we bring our hearts and would we see you clearly? Would we honor you with everything that we do this week, Jesus? And this wouldn't be um, just a, a routine, but it would be something that transforms our lives so we will never be the same. God, we consecrate ourselves this week for this decade. And we're saying, Lord Jesus, move in our lives. Everybody said Amen. Well, how many, how many of you got school debt? Anybody got student loan debt? It's a lot of hands first service. A lot, I guess a lot of young people came first service, but there was a lot of hands first service, a lot of student loan debt. I think it was about 90% of the room. I was like, man, we got to hit that Dave Ramsey. But, but I, I just, you know, how many of you, uh, maybe not just school debt, but you have some kind of debt, and, and wouldn't it be amazing if that debt was just gone? You know, it was just gone. Here's a cool story. Uh, an article about NYU Medical School. I want you to take a look at this clip. Student debt is a crisis. Americans owe $1.5 trillion. The burden for medical students is especially heavy. But now one of the country's top schools has come up with a radical solution. The NYU School of Medicine is now a tuition-free medical school for saving these students more than $200,000 each with the hope that... One day, if you're dealing with a patient who can't afford to have something done, you might say, it's on me. Wow, isn't that amazing? That's, I mean, come on. That's, the, that's the, one of the owners of Home Depot. He gave $100 million to NYU. He raised another $250 million to set up this endowment so that kids could go tuition-free. You got to pay room and board and whatnot. But, but how many of you know, man, that, that when a debt like that, uh, uh, tuition like that, you already enrolled in the school, you already took out your loan, you already applied, and all of a sudden it's announced, hey, I'm going to pay for it all. Uh, you won't have any debt. I'm going to wipe away your debt. How many of you, you be screaming, be like, oh my God, right? Like that, you know, you should try it. It's awesome. I just, I just think that this is such a great illustration. As we're talking about abundant grace this morning, it's such a clear picture of the gospel. The truth is that all of us have a debt that we could not pay, and Jesus paid a debt that we could not pay, but we owed, and it is amazing grace, and all of us should be clapping and yelling and excited for that. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing what God has done. This is incredible. 
You know, our hope over this next several weeks is what will we do with the amazing grace that God has shown us or that has shown you? What will you do with that amazing grace? You know, it's one thing to have a debt that's a thousand dollars and somebody gives you a thousand dollars and it's wiped away and you're excited. You you're like, yay. But if it's two hundred thousand, you're like, oh, yeah. And then if it's if it's your life. How much more so would we rejoice? How much more so would we praise? How much more so would we get excited? Now, I, I, I understand this, that, that, that there's moments of endorphin releases, and there's moments where, you know, the salvation first came or debt was first forgiven, and you're yelling, but then it kind of fades away. You know, it kind of fades away, and you come to church, and you're like, yay, Jesus. I, I have to remind us today. I have to remind us today, it's my mission and my hope, is to remind us of of the debt and the depravity that he paid for because it helps us and motivates us to live differently than when we first arrived, than when we first came in. We have to be reminded of this. Amazing grace. Grace is a word that I forget so often. You know, we say grace at dinner, right? We say grace over the meal. I forget grace. I, I've taken granted of grace, I think. It's something that I was reminded of, but I need to constantly speak this life of what grace means. Grace, a gift that is freely given to you generously. That's a beautiful thing. In Romans 5, we read what Paul says about this. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in verse 12. Verse 12, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man. Jesus Christ abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came to increase the trespass. But where there... Where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Grace. Everybody say grace. Everybody say abundant grace. Abundant grace is what we want to talk about this morning. We want to talk about this because it's so important for our life. But first, to understand abundant grace, you have to understand the, the, the trespass that happened back in Genesis chapter 3. You see, Adam 
was instructed not to eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he was instructed to do that. And as long as he was obedient to God, he was holy. But as soon as he crossed that line and he was disobedient, he became unholy or unrighteous and sin entered the world and death came to him and all men. Death came to not just Adam, but everybody born of Adam's seed. Death came down and, and sin came and it rested upon us. And, and this, is, this is a horrific thing. And we've all been affected by Adam's decision. We've all been affected by Adam's sin and not just affected, we've been infected, haven't we? It has infected us and has been passed down and passed around kind of like affluenza, right? You know, it's just going everywhere or, or whatever it may be. It's, it, it's, it, there's no escaping it. There's no escaping sin. Sin is, sin is there and it's because of this man's disobedience. It entered in the world. Romans 5.12 explains, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Sin is this moment of disobedience, and the consequence of that disobedience is death for us. And it's why, it's why Jesus, in contrast to that, lived an obedient life. You see, what made Jesus holy wasn't that he was getting straight A's in school. It wasn't, it wasn't that he was past his driver's test with 100. It wasn't, it wasn't any of that, right? What made Jesus holy is that he was completely obedient to the Father. John 5, 19 says this, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. This moment where Jesus is obedient is what brought holiness about. He's obedient to the Father. We, in our sin, could not be obedient to the Father. We have actually um, moved into this place of transgression. transgression. Adam his sin was a, a sin of commission, where he acted out and did something knowing that he shouldn't do it. It wasn't like an oblivious thing that he didn't know about, a sin of omission. It was a sin of commission. He, he knew what was wrong, and he still acted upon it. And this brought about this word of transgression. And the Greek literally means this, that one, one fallen down from being beside. Transgression, one falling down from being beside. Uh, see, this, this was such a great sin. This transgression was a sin that, that was one in which Adam was beside the father in relationship. He was beside the father in relationship. And, and because he committed such an offense, it, it, it was something that God took very personally. It was something that God took very personally. Have you ever had a friend? who betrayed you, who was right next to you, they're going to stick through you. There may be a spouse who was going to be with you, and, and then they weren't. And, and it's one that's very personal to God, and it was God's personal, personal mission to reconcile it. In verse 13, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. You see, the Jews in this time, they, they didn't mention Adam 
after that moment in Genesis. I think he's mentioned one other time in the Old Testament because, because to mention his name, right, is like, why would we mention Adam's name? Uh, in fact, let's mention somebody else's name. Let's mention Abraham. We're, we're of Abraham's bosom, and, and we're going to be of Abraham. Let's think about a righteous person. But I want to tell you that, that sin was in the world before Moses, and there was sin with Abraham, and there was sin before Abraham. Anything after Adam, anybody after Adam, was infected with this sin. And then the law came. And when the law came through Moses, we realized just how much sin there was. We started keeping count of sin. That's what law does. I, I, I went to a private school in seventh grade. There was four people in my class. <laughs> it was really large. And, and I loved it. I loved it because, you know, um, uh, w- when you grow up with some anxiety and some timidity, uh, a class size of four is very empowering, almost too much empowering, right? Because I need some more social pressures to tame me. You know, that's, that's the challenge with Luminous. You know, it's just like I need more, more to tame me. And, and I'm just <clears throat> playing. But... But I was in the school of four, and, and there was no real rules at this school, no real law, because the kids just complied. Well, adolescence hit me, you know, in seventh grade, and, and all this stuff, and all of a sudden, there's one girl in our class, and everybody liked her, you know, and three dudes liked one girl. It's just, I mean, lucky her, but... Um, <clears throat> Anyway, they, they had to start putting these rules in place. And, and all of a sudden, how are we going to control Ben? Well, we decided to, to come up with this policy of detention. If you, if you do a certain amount of things, then you will get detention. And so I was the first one to get detention at our school. In fact, I was the reason they had detention at our school is because I was very sinful and I kept disobeying. And so they put a law in place and I kept going to detention. And all of a sudden, I kept keeping count how many times I went to detention and and therefore, if I went to detention, I was disobedient. And then I was keeping score. And then they decided, okay, he likes detention. This is not working. He actually likes going to detention. So then they decided to implement suspension, where if you went to detention twice in one semester, you would get suspension. And I didn't want suspension because two suspensions, you get expulsion. And all of a sudden, the law started increased as my sin was not going away. Let's somehow contain this seventh grade boy. And so I would get detention once a semester, and then I would good because I didn't want suspension. And that's the way it works. And this is the thing about sin is even, even good people have sin. And the law magnifies how much sin we have. It keeps count and record of how much we have violated God, how much we have sinned. In verse 15, but the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. This moment where we understand of the, the weight of, of this trespass and, and what is done, but God has given this free gift to us. And we need to understand the depth of our transgression if we're going to really understand the depth of the abundant grace given to us. Uh, I, I heard it said like this. If we have a small view of our sin, we will have a small view of our salvation. If we have a small view of our sin, we'll have this small view of our salvation. It really didn't cost Jesus that much because I'm really not that bad of a person. 
But if we understand the weight and the depravity and how much our sin is accounted and how holy it is. And, and Paul, in this, in this letter, in chapter 5, he begins to move in these contrasts so that we understand it even more clearly. He begins to contrast it. Um, any art majors in here? Any art people? Yeah, thank you. Art people, photography, something like this. You understand the, the greatest area of contrast. You, you've heard that term. The greatest area of contrast is when the lightest light meets the darkest dark. And in that moment is where your eye ends up going and focuses on. Paul, in this moment, in this greatest area of contrast, he's bringing our eyes to Jesus and the grace and the abundant grace that he gives. Aren't you so thankful for that, that we get to see that throughout this scripture? He is making the lines less blurry for us. He, he contrasts, in verse 17, transgression to free gift. In verse 18, through one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men. And then uh, one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. Verse 19, through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. And on the other hand, so through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. Verse 20, sin increased, but grace abounds more. Verse 16, and the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift Following many trespasses brought justification, condemnation, this place where we're still punishing ourselves for things that we did last decade. Where we're still punishing ourselves for things that we did a couple of decades ago. Condemnation where, where you constantly are condemning yourself to death and it's hopeless and we feel helpless in this moment of condemnation. And then justification is that my life is paid for. The, the last decade, last night, last week, that was all paid for on the cross. It was already paid for. It's, it's already been done. This is what it is. So there's some points I want to bring to us this morning as we look at this. And here's what we are going to learn from our passage today. First off, if you're taking notes, God's abundance, abundant grace justified us. God's abundant grace justified us. Verse 16, let's read it again. Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one's sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. That it's covered. Everybody say, it's covered. How many of us go, oh, but, but can God really cover this? Can God really cover my mistake that I did? Can God really cover that moment that I did? Can God really do this? I want to tell you something that it's covered. God has covered it. There's so many times we, we use the word, can God really, or, or but God. But, but what about this one? Well, but what about this mistake? But you, you entrusted me with this, and, and I just didn't do what you called me to do with it. Can you really, can your grace extend to that? And I want to tell you, yes. It can. God's grace covers. God's grace is making a way for us in 2020. God's grace is going to make a way for us as it covers us and begins to wash all of our mistakes, all of our regrets, all these moments. It's what he does. It is his grace. And some of us get overwhelmed with grace. 
Some of us get overwhelmed with love. Have you ever had one of those crazy stalker girlfriends or boyfriends? You know, you're like, can you quit sending the letters? You know, I'm just overwhelmed. You're suffocating me. And, and some of us feel like that with God, that he's just suffocating us. God, no, you can't love me with this. You can't. And I don't just want to tell you embrace grace. Embrace grace and watch what happens in your life. It's like, you know, it's like having your whole body covered with coconut oil and you're just trying to wash it off. I just want to tell you, just start rubbing it in. You know, it'll nourish you. It'll lather you. It'll help. I mean, it's just going to be better for you. Just embrace it. Rub grace into your soul and watch what transforms in your life. The second thing, God's abundant grace makes us triumphant. Verse 17. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Grace brings the rain. Grace brought the rain. Grace has allowed us to reign like we didn't think we could reign. Undeserving. God says, just receive it. Don't beg. Just receive grace. Don't beg for it. Just accept it and, and let God do something new in you. F.F. Bruce would write this in his commentary. When death reigns, human beings are its helpless victims. When Christ reigns, they share his risen life and royal glory. 2020 is a decade of grace and assurance. That we need to be assured. I love assurance versus insurance, you know. Because insurance, you got a deductible. Insurance, you got a premium. But with assurance, it's free. It's given to you. It's already paid. He's going to already take care of it. No worries. There's nothing you have to do to earn it. Just receive it. I went to an alternative school my senior year of high school because I wanted to finish early. I, I heard this, this, this plan. It was, a, it was a myth. It was a tell at the time. And my friend and I decided to see if it was true. You could go to this alternative school and you could graduate in three weeks versus three months. So we decided, let's try it. So we move in February and we go, we go to this new school and we, we pass and we get through this school and we get out in three weeks. And I decided to take a college course during that time because I was out early. And we decided just to have fun and not go to school. It was awesome. It was like we we're skipping school but it was legal, you know, so that's awesome. So we were, we were there. Sometimes we just park across the school, just watch other suckers go in. <laughs> Sorry about you. Wish you were smarter. And, and, and so we did this, and, 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 and throughout this whole time, I was contemplating where I was going to go to college. What was I going to do? How was I going to pay for it? There was no college fund that Ben was inheriting. Uh, my parents made, made, unfortunately, like just a couple thousand dollars more than the Pell Grant, which, like, can you just ask for a decrease. You know, that would really help us. And, and so I was fit right in the middle and I just didn't know what to do or how to pay for school. Got a phone call out of the blue in May and it was this school and the school said, hey, Ben, you are in the top 10% of the school. I go, really? That's amazing. That's awesome. You're in the top 10% and you're the only one in the top 10% who took their SAT. So we have a full ride scholarship that we just want to give you. I was like, come on, abundant grace, abundant grace right there. I, 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 I was like, yes, I would gladly accept that. Tell me what I need to do. And so I, I filled out some form, wrote a letter and, and 
and there was this grace, this grace that just comes. These things that you don't deserve, they're just given to you. They're just given to you. The third thing is God's abundant grace made us righteous. For verse 19, for just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. One trespass equals death for all. One act of righteousness equals life for all who believe. One trespass, everybody dies. One act of righteousness, those who believe will live. This, this is amazing, the power of a decision. The power of Adam's decision and the power of the decision of Christ. There is power in a decision. I want to tell you, in 2020, there's a power in your decision. You will not bring salvation for all mankind, nor will you bring sin into the world. So be relieved. You don't have that much pressure, but you do have a decision to make. See, the power of your decision of what you will choose and who you will choose to follow this year. Will you step into Christ and what he has for you? Will you step into this abundant grace? The power of that decision could change your life in 2020. The power of the decision to follow Jesus and sell out to him and begin to make him the Lord of your life, that he would be king over all your decisions and over every other thing that would be presented to you. Are you going to, to, to decide? Are you going to decide and make that one decision that will forever change your life. Number four, God's abundant grace counts more. Verse 20 says this, Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Aren't you so thankful for that? See, we had the law, and the law began to show us that, that our sin was increasing. <laughs> Humanity's not getting better. More laws, more regulations is not helping our behavior modification. It's not changing the climate. It's not changing the atmosphere. If we look around at our world and look around at everything that's happened in the last decade, we say, maybe things are getting worse and not better. But there's something amazing about Jesus. It's Jesus looks at all that and all the things that we count and all this sin. He says, I'm going to make it better. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to give life where life counts the most. I'm thankful. Any first responders in here, military, nurse, doctors, teachers, you can participate. We got the keys, man. We're in the moment. That Your profession will help save somebody's life. Your profession will keep somebody from becoming addicted to something, some substance that would destroy them. Your profession may be a first responder where you actually add more days to somebody's life. You may add more years to somebody's life. You, you may add more to them. You may give them hope. But I want to tell you, as great a profession as that is, and the days you add don't contrast with the years and the eternity that Jesus adds. See, when you trust him, he adds you to eternity. He adds significance to your life. He brings hope where there may not be hope. That's what he does. That's what he wants to do. 
As I was thinking about this story from earlier, these NYU med students, as they're celebrating and they're just thanking Jesus, I think about that. Do we realize what we were saved from? And are we celebrating? Are we celebrating in 2020? Are we believing that this is the year that God is going to do something new and afresh in our life because his grace and his mercy is new every morning and it's covered it. It's covered all your shame, all your guilt, everything that you've done and will do. It is covered. Come on, let's give God a hand. Thank you. It's covered. Would you stand with me this morning as we begin to pray and just thank Jesus for his abundant grace, that this is the year of grace, amazing grace. Sounds so sweet. Amazing grace saved a wretch like me. God, we thank you and we don't have to be lost. We don't have to be helpless and we don't have to be hopeless. God, that you have saved us and your grace was given by one act of righteousness. Jesus, you on the cross took our sin and our shame, took our punishment and took death. And you took it to the grave and three days later, you rose victoriously like you always said you would. So we thank you, Jesus. We rejoice in grace this morning. Abundant grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God one big hand. Come on.